I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast. Hope you had a cracker Easter weekend and you're ready to get back into it. I'm your host, Jack Creswell, and you're in for a cracking episode this week. Farms Vice podcast focuses on growing agribusinesses throughout Australia to improve the long-term outlook for both you and I. Please, if you liked the episode or any others, please share it with your friends, family, and specifically farmers so we can help keep the lights on at the Farms Vice podcast. This episode, we speak with Anna Pimenta from King Island off the coast of Tasmania. A beautiful place to live and farm, as she will tell you. She's running farm tours alongside her master chef skills and also quaint cottages that'll place you right at home. Approximately 1.8 million domestic and international tourists visit Australian farms in 15 and 16, so the market is there and it's growing, ready for you to take it by the horns. I can't wait to see where this goes in the future for both Anna and Tom, as well as the wider industries for those looking at doing it themselves. Let's get into it, shall we? Welcome to the Farm Surprise podcast, Anna. Excellent to have you on the show Thanks today. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having now, me. Now, you're, you're based down off on King Island, aren't you? Yeah. yeah, that's it, King Island, for the ones that don't know, a little island between Melbourne and Tasmania. So it's very different to the guests that we've had on the podcast, but that's how we like to keep it nice and diverse. How's everything looking on King Island? Nice and wet as usual? Yeah, it's actually raining quite a lot today. Um, not as much as in New South Wales, but uh, yeah, it's uh, we had the best season ever on King Island this year. So all the farmers are very happy with all the high beef prices and the great season. So we're all doing very well here. Yeah, amazing. So how many farmers actually is there on King Island? 
I won't tell you, I can't tell you the exact number, but yep. I think it's around um, 60 farm businesses. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's quite good. And you're quite a prominent one on there. I've been loving your social media and your website's really good for meet your beef. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> so just before we get into it, a bit of your background and your education and how you're connected into agriculture within Australia now. So a bit about myself, uh, you might be picking an accent. Um, that's because I am Portuguese, grew up in Portugal. Uh, I went to uni in Portugal. I've studied animal five years of animal production at uni. Um, I then went to work um, in hunting management in Spain. Um, and then when I was 25, I've decided to come and visit Australia and work, visit the country and work um, on farms here with intentions of returning home. Um, but uh, end up on King Island somehow, um, not knowing much about the place and fell in love with the place and um, met Tom, that is now my husband, Tom Perry and, uh, and stayed. And we started our business in 2009 by, from scratch. So we actually self-made farmers. Um, yeah, started, although Tom grew up on a farm as well, but uh, their mom and dad sold the property and we started our own business in 2009. Yeah, amazing. I suppose you don't really see that much um, self-starters into farming. It's good that you've got the opportunity to come into agriculture farm side of things. How's it all going down there? And what's your operation farm-wise? Um, yeah, so um, so Tom and I both got a you know a, um, an academic background, I guess, in uh, agriculture, and that really helped shaping our business. Um, and uh, Tom had the experience of growing up on a farm, and I've had, um, although I did I did study animal production, but I came in with a new set of eyes. Um, and I reckon that's really important in our industry, in any industry, actually. I think it's important to have someone with an open mind and then able to question why things are done the way they are. I think it's great to have new people in the industry. And um, so things started a bit rough, as you would with any, um, uh, with a startup business. For the first five years was quite difficult. We had full-time jobs and... Um, but because King Island is such a um, predictable environment in terms of, um, um, you know, seasons and grass growth, um, it is quite easy to predict and to yep. budget. Um, and so we, our, the risks we take were quite well measured. Um, and, um, yeah, so the, the business developed really well. So we actually own now 2,000 acres of productive land and uh, just over 2,000 head of cattle. So to do that in 10 years, you know, it, yeah, we're very proud of it. And, and we did it because, of course, you've got to run a good business, but also King Island has all those um, characteristics that uh, you, if you can explore them, you can really be quite successful. So, yeah, with good seasons and good beef prices now, we, yeah, we couldn't be happier. Yeah, I think that predictability really helps you out in the initial stages, knowing what you can get back from, if I purchase this farm, I can get the return on this investment here. Yeah, definitely. So that was an easy thing, I guess, to predict. And, and we just um, predicted in a way that we were always allowing for a downturn in price or, you know, not 
yeah, we I never budgeted for, for good prices. I always budget for lower prices and then we never get caught. Yeah, and if you exceed happens. those, it's even better. Oh, yes, and then it's great. So the <laughs> that reason... happened this year. Absolutely. The reason why I got you on the show is agritourism is a bit of a buzzword at the moment, especially because we're locked in COVID and Aussies are traveling around. You're, you've set up yourself as meet your beef. Can you talk to us about that and how, how did this come about running it with your farm as well? Does it work well? Yes. Yes, it is. So we start, I've started this business, side business in 2015 and I never had intentions really of making this side business a, a big business. So it's not a big part of financial, it's not a, fi- a big part financially of the, of the big business, of the farm, because yeah. it doesn't turn over a lot of, a, it, it doesn't have a big profit. But I did it more because I think there was a gap between, you know, and, and I know that it's been identified by many people that there's a gap between farms and farmers and the rest of the community around the world um, and, uh, and the city and, far, and, and country divide, I guess. And I think that, uh, I, I think that's where I'm a bit well positioned being Portuguese and being quite a social well-being that uh, I did see this gap. And I think that farmers in Australia, generally speaking, are quite, you know, they go on about their job and they just do their job and, and they're quite happy that way and they do a very good job, but they're not very comfortable um, talking to other people about what they do. It just comes down to personality types, I think. And so I actually, when I came to Australia, to King Island, more specifically, I really struggled with the isolation in terms of, um, you know, my social life was like went down by 80% and I really struggled with it. And I thought, well, I love what I do. Um, I love being a farmer and I love talking to people and I know there's a gap out there and why not fill in that gap with something that I love doing, which is um, talking about farming and cooking because I do a paddock to plate as well. And uh, and so that, that was more, I think, when I started this business, a side business was more that I owed that to the community like I, I was in a good position to do that and to yeah just fill in that gap and give back to the community about what we do on the land here uh, as a farmer and how we treat our animals and how we treat our environment and, and explain people why we do things the way we do so that's just an educational um, um, tool uh, to our community. Yeah, I think it's like a really good outlet what you can do on a farm tour opposed to what is conveyed within the media. You can really personalise their own tour and let them understand what goes on from your paddock to plate. Um, And Mm -hmm. then the consumer can walk away from that knowing confidence that you're working your cattle in a sustainable way and also that it's a sustainable future for the industry moving forward the consumers are investors in our industry stakeholders as such buying into it using the produce Uh, but for yourself how how's that journey been building the farm tours your paddock to plate uh yeah so it's been really 
good. I mean, a few ups and downs, obviously, but a lot more ups and downs. Um, uh, I think that has provided me with the opportunity of meeting a lot of different people and I've created actually a lot of friends along the way. Uh, it has also allowed me to meet up people, uh, very interesting people like yourself, you know, like just uh, um, I had lots of um, famous people coming through here, yeah. um, you know, you know, you get you get the thing, yeah. You 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 get things that you never imagined you would. Uh, so it's been and um, for me, the most um, uh, the the most uh, amazing thing that happens when I do tours is when people leave the farm and leave my place, giving me a big hug. This is prior COVID, uh, you know, yeah, but but like with a good feeling, good feeling inside them that. Um, they understood what it's done on the farm, and then and and I guess they get the passion that that uh, like they they understand my passion and they understand I'm really passionate about what I do, and um, and they they go home with a good feeling that um, you know our animals are well looked after, and we and you know the the future of our industry is in good hands, and for me that's when I know that I got my job done. You know, it's not about how much they pay me at the end of the day, is that I actually done my job. Like I, I've passed on all the good information about our industry. Yeah, definitely. But I think looking back on it, it's great to work alongside the farm. So the farm can provide that revenue for you. And then the farm mm -hmm. tours, agritourism is building up that consumer mm -hmm. confidence in it. But also down the longer run, it might start to, generate more revenue as it starts to mature into its business but run us through yes. a farm tour how how do they happen is it within a day or what do you generally do on the farm tour yeah so as you said uh, it does work with the farm so the farm always takes priority so if something like we've just been track testing and waning and so i've been really busy and i had to like change a few tours, like making them a little bit shorter, things like that, because I always tell people the farm takes priority to the tours. Otherwise, without a farm, there wouldn't be any tours. Um, but, um, yeah, basically the normal tour will be a 1.5-hour tour uh, where we meet. Uh, we'll, uh, I'll tell them, I'll go through about our business. I'll tell them how we started uh, because it is so important. It's such a personal story. So no one can do it for me because uh, you know it is my it is our story is how we started and why we do things the way we do, um, and you got to tell them that so they can when they go out and look at what's happening on the farm they understand why things are the way they are. So you might see a fence that is um, needs fixing, but there's a reason for that because there's other priorities that are coming up that and that is not such a priority. So you know you tell them about. The, side, the business side and also that um, because people come here with a romantic idea of the farmer um, that, uh, you know, all we do is moving cattle in paddocks, in horses or bikes or whatever, and that's all we do and there's so much more to farmers. Um, and um, so I do dig deep into business skills and science yep. uh, and then we'll go out and have a look at livestock. We'll try to have a look at all the classes of livestock, if possible, and but generally, 
they just come in and I don't work anything in particular for that day is whatever we are doing that day. So if I have to move a mob of cows that day, that's what we'll be doing. If I'm checking heifers that are calving, that's what we'll be doing. And sometimes we get to pull a calf, you know, and that comes with risks <laughs> and you've got to explain those risks. But um, it's all about real farming. So we, they, the farm continues and they come and just watch what, what is happening on the farm on that day. And then after we do a tour, uh, and it's very, uh, it's very flexible to people's knowledge. So uh, depending who they are and what questions they do, and I love when they do a lot of questions. Um, yeah, it can go in any way, really. But um, yeah, and then we just come home and I'll cook lunch for them yep. uh, with our beef and some of other King Island produce. That's amazing. So they get to actually taste what you work on. It each day don't they yes yeah they do yeah so we serve our own beef so for the farm tours how large are the tours you got a few people on them each day or yeah so the tours are now happening only once a week yeah. um because king allen is king allen and we don't have as many people coming through so it's just easier to plan for one day a week and uh, but i do also do bigger groups so people that come in buses as an organized tour and they'll vary from 20 to 25 people in a tour. And uh, the Friday tours are generally, you know, between two up to 10 people, depending on who, but I'll, I'll do I'll do it for the two people as I do it for the 10 people, you know, that's um, I'll just take the good with the bad, but um yeah, but so I've got a tour this week, for example, on Friday, and they'll we'll have nine people coming to that. Yeah, amazing. So I take a step back and looking at the flexibility of the tours, they need to operate with the farm itself. Um, and then that's how you can carry out your day to day activities as well. But I suppose mm -hmm. for the tour, it's really good so that they can experience what farms are doing. We're jumping around a the place trying to manage our priorities as you said about the fence being down uh and it just gives them that further understanding into farmers do actually have to do a fair bit throughout their day-to-day -day, cover a few roles don't they yeah that's exactly right yeah so on within your agritourism how like is it just the family working within it or you employ a couple more yeah, so that's a, that's been a challenge. Um, um, yeah, so there's only two. Tom, oh, good. Yeah. Tom, Tom came inside and the dog just um, went crazy. Uh, we might wait until we. It's okay. All good. Um, yeah. So going back to. So with the with the business with the farm tours and the family, so it's only to Tom and I yep. working on the farm and running the tours, and we also got accommodation, and we don't employ anyone, and that's really hard. Um, and um, so that's becoming harder. Uh, it would be great to employ someone to help um, with the tours. Uh, it's difficult because no one can do the tour for me, and really the cooking, yep. it's all really has to be done by me, but it'd be great to have someone that I could train um, to, to actually um, do the cooking part of it. 
but at the moment, I don't employ anyone. But yeah, it's definitely in the cards to find someone. The right yeah, I think you're not the with. only one looking at it as a juggling act. I think like you mm. probably can hire someone for a day, but they won't straight off the bat. They won't have the same passion as what you do. But you also mm -hmm. can't probably afford them throughout the whole week month as a full-time employee yeah. until you're at that bar mm -hmm. but you are working quite hard getting it off the ground what what do you look forward to about having agritourism being able to communicate with those on the tour and the industry at large um sorry jack so the question would be to, if, what i was looking can you just rephrase that question a bit. yeah so what what do you enjoy the most about being a part of agritourism and offering another element to consumers other than your produce oh it's just um offering yeah that that's a actually a really good point and i think uh, if other people are listening that uh, are thinking about starting a um, agritourism business um so I, I'm lucky enough that I live on an island and the people that come to the tour really want to come here. But sometimes you get asked um, the question, oh, why, why do you charge that much? Or, you know, like if they're coming for the tour only and I don't actually charge that much. But, you know, that some people do question the, the money, yeah. the, the cost of the tour. And people forget that you, your, your knowledge and your experience is valuable. So you can't just... Um, you know, it's not free. I spent years at uni and traveling and, um, you know, developing my professional business and, and, um, and um, agricultural skills. And now I'm transferring all this knowledge to other people and your knowledge is worth it. Like it's worth something. Um, 100%. And so, so I, I'm lucky that I don't have many people questioning, questioning that, but uh, I think it is important for people to know that, uh, you know, they don't have to do it for free. It, your knowledge is valuable and you should, you know, um, you should attribute a dollar value to it if you want to have a business, if you want to make a business out of it. Um, yeah, but um, so that was one point of that question. Uh, but the other one is um, I, I had so many positive feedback and I've had people coming here that are vegetarians, even vegans coming through the tour and um and uh, i really think that um step by step very slowly but i am making a change a change um yep. and uh and i think i'm changing people's views about farming um from all the people that come through here and those people will tell other people and so you you can't you can't underestimate the value of what you do even if you just do it for a small amount of people because those people will then have kids and and have family and friends and they'll pass it on as well uh, and i even had a returning customer <laughs> i believe it or not uh, i had people that came here twice um and um yeah and so so i because i do i i do think there's that gap and um and and i think we all should be playing a part on that gap uh, and I couldn't be prouder that I am in that position of you know filling in such an important gap yeah definitely in I, industry. I think it comes down to like the personality of yourself and Tom really wanting to push for more 
Um, I'd love to see agriculture take it by the horns and introduce it a bit more throughout mainland Australia as well. Um, you're in a yep. unique position on King Island. It's yep. always looking lush and green. Um, but like there's definitely opportunity there for others. But before you got started, did you trial a few farm tours just to see if it was a working business that could work along your farm before you set up Meet My Beef logo, Meet Your Beef? Um, yeah, I'll tell you a story about that um, as well that it might help other people as well that are thinking about this. Um, so when I started the tours, yes, I did trial and I did I did learn a few. So I wasn't charging as much as I do now and, um, yeah, just... Um, have a few friends and um, yeah, and I yeah, did a few trials and um, and yeah, I didn't have a room set up, so people had to come in my house. And I had a, a one-year-old at the time, and you know, it was messy. My house was always messy, and I had to clean the house and bring people in, and you know, it was so difficult. Um, but um, when I started, when I was thinking about starting these tours, we Tom and I were chatting about it, and. And I said to Tom, I really want to do this because I think there's a real need for it. And he's like, no, we can't do it because look at the, you know, you just look outside. It's all a mess. You know, there's old sheds and the fences are falling apart and, you know, the driveway is all bumpy. And I said, um, I like to look at the positives. Yeah. <laughs> and I said to him, look, I don't think that will matter too much. Because when people will come, they might have that impression coming through first, you know, that first impression, but I will make them understand why things are the way they are. And, that, and so that's what I did. And, and, um, and, and I actually, when people were coming through here, I would say, look, you know, you might have seen the sheds that are there falling apart or the fences that need fixing, but that is happening for a reason. And that's because we are self-made farmers and it's not always easy to um, start a new business and there's um, you know animals take priority and the environment takes priority and um, all those other things get done when they get done so um, but uh, you know people have got this idea of the this romantic idea of this beautiful the beautiful farms with beautiful fences and beautiful gardens and that's not the reality to everyone especially when you um, having a go um, and, uh, and yeah, and I never, you know, it's, I had probably one person throughout, you know, the last six years that pointed that out to us as, oh, the place needs looking after. But they were, you know, that, that's one person, and I can't count how many came through here um, throughout the years. Um, but I think that's pretty good. So I'm just thinking that other people, if they're thinking that way, just... What matters the most is your story and what you have to say. Yeah, definitely. I think it's about jumping in and not not everything's going to be perfect before starting your own farm tours. But for someone that wants is thinking about it, what's a few things that you would get them to think about before looking to run a farm mm -hmm. tour or even like your cottage that you have as accommodation overnight? Yeah, of course, uh, you've got to look into all the insurances and what do you want to do with the people, the young people to touch animals, not, you know, because yep. that all, uh, that will have an impact on your insurance. So make sure you know with your local councils what you've got to do. 
in terms of facilities, you might have to apply for permits, which I had to, but they weren't that, like I'm allowed to cook on my home kitchen. Um, and um, they, they understood it is a small business and um, they, I get inspection and inspections every so often. But yeah, so all the bureaucracy of it, I guess, um, but don't let that um, take away um, your willingness of starting a business. Yep. Um, and then try to work out who your customers are and, um, and try to, you know, are they city people? Are they, are they foodies? Are they um, other farmers? You know, what are the, your main customers? And I, I, from some, I have a lot of foodies coming through here more than anything. Um, and um, work out what works for you and and for and for the farm so uh, when i started i was a bit all over the sh all over the shop so i'd be like doing tours people will call me and i'll book a tour for them and then someone else would call me and i'll book another day and i was like oh this is going a bit insane and i just end up doing tours for two people all the time yeah. so i've decided to just um work out a date that works for me i know i'm going to put that day aside and um and uh, yeah, but you might set up two days a week, but it's probably a good idea to set up a day. Um, yeah, so that's probably my biggest um, piece of advice and just be yourself, just be true to yourself when you're doing your tours. Um, don't tell them any, you know, tell the truth, um, be honest, be, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I think like what I'm trying to do with the podcast as well for agribusinesses is be transparent. And what you just said there, it really shines through. Being transparent does pay off in the end for the consumers, but also yourself as an agribusiness, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. And that's what um has been lacking in our industry and across different sectors of the industry is transparency. And I don't think it is because we don't want to be transparent transparent is just yep. that lack of communication and knowing how to communicate i think we all need to learn how to be good communicators because um our consumers are demanding that so um yeah but um yeah so being good communicators absolutely and then like talking about your targeted audience as foodies do you promote to the foodie niche or how do you uh, entice customers uh so, um, so i'm quite happy with the customers i'm getting so i don't yeah. i'm not here to get more customers um but so again i'm always true to myself when it comes to marketing so i market what happens on the farm and then sometimes that includes food but because i have uh, here on the island people you know, that like word of mouth, yeah. <laughs> people just know that I cook well, or they tell me I cook well. Um, and um, it's all home food and pretty simple, but uh, it's cooked with good ingre ingredients and I think that makes it. But um, yeah, so people hear about good stories and they just, you know, they just want to come here from that. You know, I'm not particularly um, focusing on that foodie market. Yep. So if you go to my Instagram, there's more photos of and stuff about the farm than of food. But um, <clears throat> sorry, um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not targeting that market. There's just... Um, but it's just what naturally flows in for you. Yes, it does, because I do a paddock to plate and uh, people know that I do it well. Um, well, it's amazing. Like, you've got the three elements going on, don't you? You've got the meat beef, the farm tours, the paddock to plate and the cottages all play in to create a little community for yourself because you're a personable person. Uh, I think it works really good. Like I would like a bit more happening on farm ourselves and looking down the agritourism route. Um, so it's really good to get an insight of what you're doing down on King Island and for others looking to put their hand in the bucket and make something of their farm with agritourism and to find that. And you niche. know, Jack, uh, and also um, what comes with it is that um, uh, we're doing, so you know how there's that saying that by teaching other people, you teach yourself. Yeah. So um, yeah, so if that really happens. Like if you, if I'm doing a tour and depending on who I'm doing the tour to, some people are really curious and they ask, all the great, all great questions, and they're not necessarily farmers, by the way. But uh, a lot of people make me, you know, go home and question things. So I'll go home and say, like, "Oh, why am I doing this? The way I'm doing this, you know?" And uh, or they might ask me something which I, that I don't have an answer for. So all these tours and all this talking has actually made me um, go and search for answers um, and better what I do on the farm. So it has definitely helped with um, personal and professional development for me. Yeah, definitely. I can relate running this podcast. I'm learning from others mm. and coming back and thinking, Oh, I could change this and it would make it a lot better. So thanks for Anna yep. giving me that tip. It's really good. But yeah, as a whole, I think you're doing really good and it's great to see what you're up to. Um, and you, you really convey it well online through your Instagram at Meet Your Beef. Um, and your website looks amazing as well. And also that photo behind you, he's a cracker. Ah, uh, yeah, he's uh, one of my favorite, he's not here anymore. One of our favorite bulls. <laughs> that was really good looking, but it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on, Anna, and for Tom running a really good enterprise down there at King Island. Um, for a question we ask each guest for the podcast, who would you like to hear on the podcast and why? Is there a King Islander down there that you'd like to hear? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's lots of great King Islanders here. But I'm going to tell you a name of a person that I, it's not a King Islander, he's a Queenslander. Um, and I really identify with her. And I was lucky enough to meet her at um at a conference, um, um, uh, yeah, in um, in Toowoomba, and uh, I think she's just amazing and super clever, and uh, she's just a living proof that you don't have to live to grow up and live on the land to become a good farmer. Um, and that is Alice Greener. Yep, amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. I think like what you've done yourself coming onto the farm from an outsider, it's really important to bring those skills into the industry. I went across to Europe to learn some more skills to bring them back to the ag industry. Um, and I probably wouldn't have started mm -hmm. the podcast otherwise, but 
yeah, that's an amazing suggestion. I'll have to get onto it. Thank you. So for our listeners, how can we contact you or your social media handle? Where are you most present? So I'm most present on uh, Instagram. Yep. Um, and uh, I am sorry to everyone else. I am not that old, but I just can't deal with all the social media uh, platforms. So I just keep to Instagram and um, Facebook, but mostly Instagram. Yep. Uh, although you can find me on Twitter as well and on LinkedIn, but I don't really focus, you know, I've got too many things to do than looking at my phone. Um, already look at it too much. Um, yeah, but so Instagram and uh, if uh, under Meet Your Beef, M-E-A-T, Your Beef. Um, and, uh, and my website is uh, Um My email will be there. You, my phone number will be on my website. And I think it is on Instagram as well. So you're welcome to send me messages. I'm always up to chat. Amazing. I'm sure a few listeners out there would love to have a look at what you do down in King Island, a bit different to everywhere else. But thank you for coming on the show. Nonetheless, it's been really good to understand what you get up to. Well, thanks. It was a pleasure, Jack, and well done on doing a great job. Thank you for listening to Anna and myself sharing her story of starting up their farm and also running it alongside farm tours, cooking, and also their overnight accommodation. It certainly doesn't happen overnight, as you heard. Do your research and see if it's a viable option for your farm. Hope you liked this episode, and if you did, please share it with other farmers and help us reach the 319,000 plus workers in the industry. And also visit us on Instagram at Farms Advice for further motivation to grow your agribusiness. Until next week, keep on farming. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.